Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus special edition of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Matt Hinshaw. Mike will not be joining us for this episode. I was invited to see a special screening of a film by Mr. Mile High Show, Matt Santos, a good buddy of mine. The film is called Little Pink House. Uh, There was a special screening here at the Prescott Valley Harkins. It was brought here by the niece of the main character. Her name is Jackie Kemsley. She is or was a resident of Prescott Valley, spent a large portion of her life here and felt the people of the Prescott area needed to see this film. And I agree with her and I thank her for inviting me to see this film as well. Little Pink House is directed by Courtney Balaker and written by Courtney Balaker. It stars Catherine Keener, Janine Triplehorn, and Kellum Keith Rennie. Here's the uh, synopsis for you. A small town nurse named Suzette Kalo emerges as the reluctant leader of her working class neighbors in their struggle to save their homes from political and corporate interests bent on seizing the land and handing it over to Pfizer Corporation. Suzette's battle goes all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and the controversial 5-4 decision in Kilo versus City of New London gave government officials the power to bulldoze a neighborhood for the benefit of a multi-billion dollar corporation. The decision outraged Americans across the political spectrum and that passion-fueled reforms that help curb eminent domain abuse. Whew. That's a pretty good uh, description there. So like I said, this was a true life story. Um, what I like to call it is a docudrama. It is not a documentary, but it is very close to, at least according to Jackie, very close to what her aunt really went through and what she also you know, witnessed as well because she's very close with her aunt. She talked on the phone with her aunt a lot. The film actually uh, comes based on a book written in 2009 based on the event, written by uh, Jeff Benedict. I'm sure you could probably find it in Amazon or anywhere else. For me, in this film, I thought the acting was just incredible. You know, Catherine Keener has just been nominated for, you know, multiple times for uh, Oscar, and I have no idea why she hasn't won anything. She's just an incredible actress, and I think her portrayal of uh, Kilo was just fantastic. You know, it uh, comes across as this latest that's trying to get her life back together. She's found this new home. She starts renovating this new home. She's making it her own. It shows she's getting out of uh, a really rough marriage. And now she's spreading her wings and, you know, trying to go on her own again. And she pours her heart and soul and finances into this new home. And that's how the movie starts out. And she ends up meeting the different members of the community. Like there's a deli owner and there is a gentleman that owns an antique store who eventually down the road, uh, she starts dating and becomes her husband. And that's the um, guy played by uh, Kellum Keith. The acting was just incredible. And, you know, I just, I thought it was great. The sets were 
beautiful. They were very well done. They were great. You know, the pink house, I, I looked it up after the movie and there's images of the pink house. I guess they uh, rescued the house from being demolished and put it somewhere else as a museum kind of thing. And it's just spot on. I mean, it looks very similar to the house. It's right there on the shore, you know, beautiful views of a river, of a bridge. I'm not sure if this was actually filmed in uh, Connecticut where the story took place. I hope so. I'm not 100% on that. I didn't didn't look into that. I've never been to Connecticut, so I can't say if it looks like Connecticut or not. It looks like the East Coast to me. All the homes are, you know, older homes and much more like what we here in Prescott would see on Mount Vernon and things like that. One thing that did put me off a little bit on this film, though, is the cinematography. It's not horrible, but it's nothing to write home about either. The entire film is just kind of flat and drab. I I assume they're trying to use that for an effect to make the viewers feel a certain way about this story, which I think succeeded. But I don't know if you needed to have it that way, just flat and boring and not cinematic, I guess is a good way to put it, for the entire film. Maybe just do that when they start coming after her and trying to get her home and, you know, maybe start when uh, the young real estate agents or they call themselves real estate agents start showing up at Kilo's front door, handing her checks. Oh, Mrs. Kilo, we got you money. We got you money. We're going to buy your house. And she clearly does not want to sell it. She's, you know, she has a very good argument on top of just being her home. She says, you know, people like me can't afford waterfront views like this. And this is one of the few places where we can get a waterfront view in this price range on top of, you know, it's her home. It's a home is more than just a building. It's, there's a lot more to it. And I think that's what they're trying to say here in this film on top of a bunch of other things. This is clearly a story about the little people, the everyday person, against the big corporations, against big government. I This might be just me reading into it, but it's also clearly a story about the rich versus the poor and the haves and the have-nots. One of the big talk, topics that they bring up in this film is how this current neighborhood as it sits does not create the kind of tax revenue that a large corporation like Pfizer would bring to the community and the town. Well, that's a true statement, but the problem is there you can't take people's land just because they don't pay as much in taxes as a giant corporation. That's just unfair. So so what? Are all of us that don't make, you know, half a million dollars a year and bring in all this tax revenue, are we all just supposed to, you know, live in our vans at the local Walmart parking lot? I mean, come on. We we got to live somewhere and this just happened to be not a bad area. You know, one of the one of the things that they first start start talking about when she's looking and buying the home is the uh, smell because the home is located near a sewage treatment plant. Well, I honestly I don't know if Pfizer would be too happy about being near that, but they did it not to get a get ahead of myself, but and ruin the whole movie, but I'm going to probably ruin it, you know, it's me. 
and this is the real film nerds podcast so here's your warning you know spoiler warning people they, they bulldoze her home and well they don't bulldoze it, obviously you know i was talking about earlier it was taken away but she loses her home and she loses her land and you know as it sits right now i looked it up on uh on uh, I think it was Google Maps. I, I actually Googled and was looking for the actual property where it was. And that whole area where that neighborhood used to be is just a big empty flat lot. There's not even a park. There's no condos. There's no hotels. There's no restaurants. None of the things that they were promising in this film as the reason why they had to steal all the not. Well, yeah, steal. Take all these people's land in the use of eminent domain was to build and bring in all this tax revenue for Pfizer and all these things. And it's sitting there empty to this day. I mean, that's just, that's heartbreaking. I guess to continue with that story, um, Pfizer went on and built their huge warehouse, office building structure or whatever. And they were only there for eight years. They left in 2009. And luckily for the economy, I guess, a similar, well, not similar, but another very large corporation moved in, bought the offices from Pfizer. I believe they were saying in a news article I read that they brought 1,800 jobs. Maybe it was 1,000 jobs. I don't know. I don't remember. To the community, but that is a General Dynamics electric boat. And they bought it in 2010 and started moving everybody in. And I think they got everybody hired and moved in by 2011 or something like that is what they were saying in the article. General Dynamics Electric Boat, why they're significant is they build, design, create submarines for the military, for the government. And the government put in a huge contract to have a bunch of new nuclear submarines built. And so clearly them taking over is a huge benefit for that community because there's going to be a lot of money coming in. There's going to be a lot of jobs coming in. And that contract will probably be around for a long time, a long time, because it takes a little bit to build boats and submarines and anything. It takes a while to build anything. I don't want to go off too much about the film and what's in the film and things like that. I'll, I'll, you know, if I really, really think people should get out and go see this movie, it's going to be very difficult for most of you because it is an independent film. It is out. The release date was April 20th, uh, 2018. The reason why we got it here in Prescott Valley, like I said, was Jackie brought it here and she invited uh, Matt Santos and myself to attend the viewing and or screening. And it was, it was fantastic. It was very kind of her. It was great that she was able to bring it here. If you live in a big enough community, I'm sure you will be able to get and see this film. I highly, highly recommend it. There are ways that you can ask and find out more information and screenings on this film. You can visit littlepinkhousemovie.com or you can go to their Facebook page, which also I believe it's facebook.com slash littlepinkhousemovie. This is a very important movie, folks. It, it really is. What really makes this movie is the story. The story is what makes this film by far. I know a little bit about eminent domain from my days at working at the newspaper, but being a fairly new homeowner and a first-time home buyer, this film scared me. It really, really did. It shows you that at any moment... You know, not literally any moment, but if they push hard enough and they want your land for something that's deemed, 
beneficial for the public, they're going to take it. They'll give you fair market value, at least according to the law at the start. If you want to stay, it it can you might have a hell of a battle. That's another thing that's really important about this story. 44 of 50 U.S. states, after this Supreme Court justice ruling, enacted laws to help block eminent domain in the different states. 44 out of 50. That's change, people. That's change right there. That's a normal, everyday, working class person changing the world for the better, or at least the United States. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not super up to speed on eminent domain laws and things like that today. She clearly made a huge, huge difference for all of us. And we need to personally thank Suzette Kilo for doing this for us. Anyways, I really recommend seeing this film if you can. I know it will probably end up in Netflix or Amazon or Vudu or one of those streaming services down the road. Right now, if you are in a big enough market, if you're in a big city, you might be able to find a showing of it. I assume it'll probably be at smaller theaters. But do yourself a favor. Go watch this film. It's very good. It's a great story. Great acting. So on that, folks, I know you're going to be missing our weekly segment on how does this film relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Mike is not here, so he's the one that does that. He's the one that I've tasked with looking that up. So technically, since we already put out a podcast this week, he did do it this week, just not for this particular movie. Uh, Maybe I will uh, chime in and make him do it for the uh, Marvel Infinity Wars. How's that? I'll make him do Little Pink House when we're reviewing Marvel Infinity Wars and how it relates to MCU. Because we know how the Marvel... Infinity Wars is going to relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's in the freaking universe. All right, so here's my rating, folks. Like I said earlier, I love this movie. I thought it was great. Acting, everything, only miss was the cinematography. The story, story is just great. Makes the film. The acting, just incredible. So I rate Little Pink House four reels out of five. On that note, I'd like to thank all of you for joining me for this special bonus extra episode of The Real Film Nerds. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's a little different recording by myself. It's a little intimidating. I catch myself using ums and ohs and ahs a lot. Thank God for editing. Guess that's all I got. I mean... Yeah, I can I can keep jabbering, but you guys don't want to hear that. So on that note, get out there, go catch a movie, go catch this movie. And coming up next week, Mike and I are going to be talking about the big one, man. Infinity War. I'm going to see it, uh, you know, on opening night, midnight showing with my uh, comic book uh, crew, you know, game on here at the uh, Prescott Gateway Mall. Looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a be a great movie. So, until next time, have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.